Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbett and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. Good morning. It is 16 minutes after 7 o'clock. Beautiful Friday, 716. What else is good about Friday at Gene Valentino time? Hey, good morning, Gene. Well, good morning. How was everybody? Ah, everybody's good. Uh, it's Friday. We're looking forward to a really nice weekend this weekend and uh, just wondering what's going on down in Pensacola. Well, I've got the same clear skies you have, a little brisk this morning, looking for warmer weather later today. Get out and do our uh, water landings with the Icon A5 and maybe swing by Biloxi and say hello to this guy named Michael Pohl. What do you think? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that sounds like fun. You know, hey, I've got... Can I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you first. March 25th is today, and that's the National Medal of Honor Museum Day. The National Medal of Honor Museum breaks ground in Washington, D.C. This is our National Medal of Honor Day, and it honors important individuals, it inspires, and it shines a light on the military. Uh, just as an aside, before we get into some of the uh, uh, discord of the day, I must take a moment with you and Ted and honor our uh, our veterans, our Medal of Honors uh, recipients. Did you know there's over 3,468 Medal of Honor awards that have been given out uh, since uh, 1861 when uh, President Lincoln first created the U.S. Navy Medal of Valor? And then a few years later, the U.S. Army Medal of Valor was created. And in the years thereafter, it was called the Medal of Honor. Uh, and the first woman to receive the nation's Medal of Honor, was a, uh, which was the highest award the nation could offer an individual, was, was to a woman named Mary Edwards Walker, who served during the Civil War as a surgeon in the Army. The stories told by these Heroes, Michael, is absolutely inspiring and reminds us uh, about uh, why it's so important about what we do to protect humanity, liberty, and freedom, and reorients our thinking to today's issue in Ukraine. Because there are some people in Ukraine, a lot of people who are patriots they love their country they don't want to be a part of a communist country like russia and so therefore they are fighting with every inch of their life and some losing their lives to have freedom and so freedom is not easily won we know this from history we know that we started our country under the same type of uh, of circumstances where we had to fight for our freedom, for our ability to self-govern and uh, and to protect the land that we now call America. And so, yes, this is very good that you brought this up 
And I'm thankful. And those people, those Medal of Honor winners, I say winner, recipients, you know, Ted, you always say if uh, they, they don't win that medal, they earn it. Don't don't ever tell some one of them that they won that. You'll, you'll be in a fight you don't want to yeah. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. I, it's easy to say those words, but uh, but it, it really means something to this country. Those people mean so much to us because they are the ultimate patriots. And many of them, you know, don't ever know that they were awarded that. Uh, many of them die because of their heroic actions, but... But there are some around today, and if you run across one of these men, women, you be sure and thank them for what they did for this country. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, we've, we've said failure to defend the rights of others may someday result in uh, our rights not being defended. Well, that's why we put the Berlin airlift in place, NATO or no NATO. We were over there supplying goods and services right after uh, World War II to the needy, uh, it w- you know, so Russia was intending even back then to try to take back Germany and um, uh, other Western uh, European countries. And we stepped in with supplies and services when they were weak and recovering to refortify themselves and rebuild their infrastructure. And during that time, we called it the Berlin Airlift and the Marshall Plan. The Marshall Plan, if you're his, you check your history books and you'll see how important that was to stimulating economic growth and, and uh, independence. I just wish some of these Europeans remembered some of that uh, and what, what we did to help them back then. Uh, now, mind you, I don't make light of um, our need to be there and defend these citizens, but boy, I wish they'd raise an eyebrow at the, the southern border which has been overrun by these insurgents from all uh, areas of the world, not just Mexico. Uh, and and uh, in this case, maybe some terrorists slipping in now, which scares me even more. But back on, back on Ukraine and Russia, heads up. I mean, the Biden administration now, better late than never, allows some of these supplies to come in. Uh, uh, and refortify it. But, you know, the Trump administration had a lot of stuff we were supplying to to Ukraine long before uh, the buildup of this war. Uh, the United States will replace one-third of the natural gas that Putin provides, but that's over two years, two to four years, actually, uh, because the United States has to replace... Russia's supply with infrastructure first over there before it can deliver. So better late than never, but it certainly is a good sign uh, that these Ukrainians are stepping up to defend themselves and pushing back at Maripol and um, Odessa to protect the ports uh, of Ukraine. Um, uh, and even in Kiev, uh, pushing pushing uh, uh, Russia back out of Kiev after they've struck Kiev with such a a vengeance. Uh, Just sad. It's just sad because three, four hundred thousand Ukrainians just walked over the line under Russia's control uh, saying, "Okay, we'll come back to Russia, totally unaware of the circumstances that Russia's pulling them back into. 
It is a it is a sad situation, and of course, Vladimir Putin. We we always thought that Vladimir Putin was, uh, you know, this KGB guy. I mean, we know he is. He's he's just a uh, he's just a, a, a well, he's a horrible person. He's a power hungry person, and I think that the world now understands exactly what's in his mind. And look, the only thing we can do at this point is just put. Uh, what do you call them? Iron curtain around Russia and let them fester in the problems that he has created for them. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I can't see Vladimir Putin ever interacting with the world like he did prior to this invasion. Boy, you're right about that, Michael. And I hope that, uh, the acceleration of our supply uh, to Ukraine, which is stacked up at the border of Poland right now. I hope it gets into Ukraine even faster, the Stinger missiles and the Patriot missiles. Uh, and uh, a lot of the MiGs that are sitting in Poland now uh, need to get over the line into Ukraine and let these Ukrainians fight their battle, yes. But shame on us. Shame on the blocking that was going on that... Um, that uh, delayed the supplying of this um, uh, of this supply uh, uh, network uh, to the Ukrainians. The problem is, is that the Ukrainians struck back, nailed a ship or two in uh, uh, the Odessa Maripol ports, and it's been a serious breach to the supply of the Russian infrastructure in their attempt to uh, attack. It turns out Russia's retreating for just that reason. If we had done this 30 days ago when this damn thing began, we would have, um, that Russia would not have had the advances they've had, uh, in the last 30 days. Uh, and more of the infrastructure would have been protected. Well, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of things going on. I mean, there's, there's other countries out there we need to watch. Belarus is the place that is allowing Russian troops to come in to attack from the north along with, of course, coming across the Russian border with Ukraine. Uh, these countries need to be punished as well. Slovakia, uh, uh, Latvia, uh, Riga in uh, Latvia, uh, a lot of the uh, Baltic states is, are, are at risk now. And uh, my information tells me that um, uh, Putin's trying to it now realizes he's going to have to hit on different fronts, which includes cyber attack and, um, uh, God forbid, uh, uh, biological warfare. Uh, if he goes down this path, it, it is a it is a uh, a level of uh, assault that cannot be um, uh, put by the wayside. We're going to have to step up as a nation to defend um, defend not only uh, Russia, uh, not, uh, not only defend Ukraine and Europe, but uh, the continuing threat that they're going to push forward elsewhere. And here's an ally of ours, the country of India. I mean, they are the largest democracy in the world, Michael. And they don't give a hoot. They're buying all the oil they can, clean or dirty. They're buying oil like mad from Russia. What's that all about? Yeah, I would have to, uh, I would have to say something if I was the President of the United States to Modi, the, the Prime Minister of, of India, because 
you know, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a little shocked, actually, that that's going on in, in India at this point. And there needs to be, there needs to be uh, consequences for what they're doing because, like you said, here they are, India, the biggest uh, – <laughs> there's no doubt about it. I mean, India, what, 1.3 billion people, something like that? Uh, you know, they're the largest uh, free country in that part of the world, in fact, in the whole world. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a, a multi-headed octopus, right, with uh, issues coming at us from all sides. The uh, unification, that's why NATO was formed in first place, was to create a, an alliance amongst various uh, democratic republics throughout the U- Western uh, Europe uh, region of the continent there. And uh, it's, um, it, it, one attack is when Finland uh, shows that they've got these $700 million yachts that are allegedly owned by Putin that have been seized. That's good news. There's some uh, attacks and uh, to his to Putin on several levels to demoralize him. Some of his generals have disappeared and uh, gone into hiding. That's a demoralization. The attacks on Odessa and Maripol result in uh, a demoralization of the frontline troops not getting supplies needed and are now at risk themselves. We heard seven thousand. Uh, Russians uh, losing their lives, uh, that's more than uh, what was lost in Afghanistan. And now the number is closer to 15 to 20,000 Russians losing their lives in the, in the uh, uh, course of battle. So There doesn't seem know, to be a will to fight from the Russian side of the equation. Yeah, they just, we just need to push them into realizing there's another side to the story other than Vladimir Putin's story. And I don't want to hear any more about, uh, Vladimir Zelensky being an actor and a criminal himself. For crying out loud, we've got criminals in our own government right now, starting with the president and his son. Uh, Zelensky and, um, uh, has done a hell of a job defending his nation and bringing people together in a unified spirit. Frankly, that's what turned the tide with NATO and the United States dialing it up to, 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 to support them, uh, because they thought they would have just rolled over and yielded to the onslaught of Putin. Boy, Putin got the surprise of his life and career. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, he is surprised. He is not only surprised by how tough the Ukrainians are, but how weak his own military is. Wow, that's it. It's Friday. Thank you for joining us as you normally do. Gene Valentino, you can go to Gene's website, genevalentino.com. Check it out. And also, you can listen to uh, prior uh, shows that we've done together. Have a great Friday and a good weekend, Gene. Well, uh, have a great weekend to both of you and to all the listeners. Have a wonderful day this uh, National Medal of Honor Day.